All right, welcome back to Drinks and Discourse. My name is Carl, and here we're going to talk with local people of Dubuque and see what's going on and see how certain guests are helping this community out grow to be better because it's an awesome city. Today, I have a good friend of mine that I met at Seven Hills on a random bartending Christmas shift. I have Jason Hinkle of Cedar Rap, or not Cedar Rap, it's Jesus. Jason, how are you doing today, bud? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, doing awesome. very well. Thanks for being here, or thanks for having me here. I appreciate, appreciate you it. being on here. So yeah, the first time I met Jason was at a Christmas party here for Seven Hills. I had just started, I was like two weeks fresh. And I was like, I'm going to bartend and you were here and I didn't know you, but we kind of made it work. And yeah. that's how it's been. Heavy karaoke at that Christmas party. Yes, it, too. Was. it was. Beer pong and karaoke. It was very incredible. Right. The staff here is very talented. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then the pandemic happened and then I started working in the Riverboat Lounge and that's where you were actually working one night a week there. Yep. Because you used to 12 work. 12 years. Every yeah. Tuesday for 12 years. Just Tuesdays? or Only Tuesdays. I started out doing three days a week. But I think I did that for two years. That was like my side hustle. Yeah. I wanted, this is a whole other story, but I wanted to develop some financial freedom. Sure. I thought income property was the way to do it. So every dollar I made in tips went toward a down payment on Something. pieces of income property that I have now. So Sure. That's awesome. Yeah, because uh, when you quit, I will say, I'm going to be honest, there's some of your regulars that stopped coming yeah, in because I'm not Jason. Tuesdays were great because it was the same people every week. Yeah. And I still like working Tuesdays because it was fun, you know, some trivia and whatnot, but <laughs> some people stopped coming in because it wasn't you anymore. Yeah. But I was like, sorry about that. No, it's fine. Because <laughs> people are like, well, Jason, let me do this. I'm like, well, I'm not Jason. So, because I don't know, because I, the biggest thing was I would ask for the credit cards because yeah. that's what we, that's, that was the uh, protocol. Oh, but you yeah. obviously knew these same people every week. I'm like, I don't know you. Yeah, I never once took a card from yeah. anyone. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't. Because I'd, I'd get to know them and they always came back once I got to know them. Right. We'd share get, stories. I, and, I'm not mad at you for I'm just mad at people that don't understand. Like, you can be mad at me. It's okay. No. I can never I be mad at you. I made it really hard on all my coworkers there <laughs> because I let the customers fucking run that place. Right. I really, I worked there one day a week. I really yeah. didn't give a fuck. I would say <laughs> I would love coming on Tuesday later at night. Yeah. You know, you had that place. I love that too. I loved it when you would come in later. It was so much fucking fun. <laughs> I always learned stuff from you. We always shared good stories. Right. It was awesome. It was fun. So and yeah. I, yeah. You were always an ally when you were on the right side of the bar. Like when someone would come up, you would know what they're thinking <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, you like, we just connected. You, right. We wouldn't even have to talk. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that's, uh, that'll be for another podcast another time, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's sorry. there. No, you're good. No, you're good. But yes, there is definitely like the sense of respect and like, understanding between us and but also friendship which is just works really well behind the bar because you know Dubuque is this I, we're 60,000 people but it's also the cocktail bartending world it's very limited like there's not a lot of us that make like uh, appreciate the bartending job there's a lot of bartenders in this job there's I think some of us that just appreciate the job more than others yeah. you know but here or there this is called Drinks is a Scourse, where we drink and we discourse. And so what we're drinking today is, I call it 50-50. It is a bullet rye with old granddad bourbon, split base, with a, a cinnamon cacao demerara syrup and a walnut-infused bitters that I make. So this is one of the drinks that I've been really liking for the past couple months. It fits this time of year, and now we're going to smoke it because why not, right? So we'll do you first. All right. This is the part everyone likes. I've been looking at this drink for probably 10 minutes now. And right. I haven't gotten to try it yet, so I'm very excited. 
So yeah, we're gonna smoke this up for a little bit again, just adds a little bit more warmth and depth to it. And unfortunately, you cannot get this drink at Seven Hills. This is one of my specialties. You gotta meet Carl at the bar, buy him some cocktails, and he'll take you back to his place to have them. Right. <laughs> Which you still need to come over. I know. You're a busy man though. Which uh, we're gonna get into why you're a busy man here in a second. So all right, that's good. All right, cheers, bud. Hey, Thanks again. Cheers. Thank you. Hopefully, don't set off the smart alarms. Oh my God, that's amazing. That is amazing. It's sweet. I mean, it's not too sweet. No, it's just sweet enough no, for an no, old fashioned. No. It's boozy, the smoky. So. The bullet is never really spirit forward for mm -hmm. me. It right. always, I always get like a really good earthy, like woody sense from it. Right. But that old granddad, sometimes the old granddad is like too much for me. It's like too, it tastes too hot. Right. It's like so perfect in this. Yeah. See, I'm glad you know old granddad. Cause I'll be like, old granddad, what? So old granddad is a hundred proof bonded oh. bourbon. And then you have the bullet rye, which is going to come in probably about 92, 90. So you split it, you're taking away some of the heat from the old granddad, but you're giving the spice from deck. Yeah. yeah. So I've been trying to mix more of my rye and bourbons with old fashions. Um, Cause I, I learned that at some bar in Minneapolis and I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Hint, do not use the same company's rye and bourbon at the same time. Don't use bullet bourbon oh, and rye because they're, they mesh too well. You need op, yeah. you need polar opposites to make it work better. So tip for anyone out there. The contrast. That's Con what you need the contrast, about. right. Yeah. You can't have complimentary things, in my opinion, for this. So anyways, that's enough about this drink. Let's talk about what you do for this community of Dubuque. What do I do what for do this community? What do you do besides serving drinks on Tuesdays that you used to do? So you've been a part of Blocktoberfest since the iteration? Yeah, since the beginning. Yeah, yeah. first year. So how, how did that all come about? What, what made you, and I know Keith was part of it. So I'm going to, all right. So yeah. if anyone goes to the dungeon, the real person that started this, that gets no credit for it, okay. is this kid. Um, his name is Jake Roth. Okay. Red hair. He like does. He's like a handyman during the day. I think he manages the dungeon by night now. Okay. So if you go into the dungeon, say what's up and thank you to Jake Roth. Okay. Because he had this idea to put on this new festival, invite the bands that we all wanted to hear and have skateboarding and BMX be a yep. part of it. So we got this group of people together for this meeting, and he, his idea was so big, and he wanted to raise so much money. We all pretty much laughed him out of there. Right. But he got the right people talking in there, mm -hmm. and it planted a seed. Okay. And a couple of the people that were in that room were Chris Putz, Keith Gutierrez, Casey Hinderman, myself, and Josh Nagel. Right. And of all of this, mainly the catalyst on that first year was Keith and Chris. Keith and Chris really took the lead on it. Like I helped out where I could. And mm -hmm. then Casey being the owner of Hollywood at the time, lended everything he could to the festival. Sure. We all had a different element that we brought to it. And that's what made that first year work. Like okay. We all, all had our different skills and we didn't always agree. We all butted heads a lot. <laughs> right. Like there was a lot of type A personalities that had different skills that thought their values were the most important, but that's what created such a dynamic festival. We, was we had a little something for everyone. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause I think then on year two is when I started at seven Hills and I was part of that and I could see all that. Right. Yep. But, but it's because everyone wants the best for it yeah, and, we'll have, and everyone has ideas. And then you're still trying to learn how to work with yeah. all these different people that you don't work with on a daily basis and yep. stuff like that. How did, how did, what, how, okay. So, I guess let's even backtrack a little more. What yeah. is Blocktoberfest? Okay, like, so what is it? Yeah, so Blocktoberfest is a community block party. Yeah. Um, 
it is all organized by a group of volunteers. All mm -hmm. the benefits benefit different nonprofits around the area. Okay. And all the, from the financing, from the vendors, everything is local businesses, local elements of this local community that come together to just throw a block party right. and bring people together for a good cause. But we all, we all have fun. There's a huge element of kids and the thing, there's a lot of festivals in Dubuque. There's a, I'm trying not to curse. I need to You're not fine. to curse. Um, so there's a lot of shit to do in Dubuque. Right. And Blocktoberfest is unique because we have that element of the kids blended with that element of a more adult, growing up skate BMX element with the contest that we have in there. And that's really what sets it apart. I mean, when, when I go to market it, I'm not marketing another street festival, like similar to all the stuff that happens around the town clock. Um, like there's an Oktoberfest, which is fantastic, which is down at the Q Casino, which mm -hmm. Mosina does a great job with. That that's super fun. Everyone should go and do the Stein drinking contest because it's way harder than it looks. <laughs> I, I always want to do that. I'm like, I want to do it. Dude, it's, well. it's incredibly hard. Right. Arm pump is a real I'm going to start just working out now. Yeah. More, yes. you know? <laughs> Get training now. <laughs> training in now. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of cool events, but basically we're, we're throwing a BMX skate contest. Yeah. That's it. And all the other stuff is stuff to fill in the gaps between the entertaining aspects of the contest. Sure. Because that's really like... The, the purpose behind me being involved in, like the potential of each of us in this community, in our own lives is unlimited. Right. And so when we go down there, we have a couple of beers, we start to loosen up, we make friends and we see someone on a bicycle or a skateboard doing something that looks impossible. Like they're setting an example and they're leading by example. And so we can take back that back to our own lives and start to push the boundaries of what we think is possible right like we step a little bit outside our comfort zone and start to move in the direction of a better life for all of us yeah because i mean we all watch and not we all but a lot of us watch x games we know what the x games are you, you see this on national world level but you don't see it locally right like if you can see some guy you know doing a black backflip or doing this or doing that i'm not going to name names or tricks because i don't fucking no, know they are. I, <laughs> I know there's a superman out there you yeah. know and stuff like that but skateboarding i don't know anything about but I think you're right. Like when people are like, oh man, this, this, this man, this woman, this kid can do this. I never even thought was possible. Yeah. Like I, I totally get that. Like I never even thought about it like in that sense, but it makes total sense. Right. Yeah. One of the biggest things that I really found from it too, through talking to people in the feedback. So I'm a lifelong Dubuqueer. I was born and raised here. And okay. like anyone that grows up in a small community, you have this struggle with it because you feel like life happens outside of where you were born. Right. Like I can't wait to get older and go see this Sure. because we take everything around us for granted. Mm -hmm. And so what happens for me at that festival is you see these things that are really unique to the coasts and these bigger more metropolitan areas happen right here in downtown Dubuque. Sure. You see things that you don't expect to find in Dubuque right. done not only by people from out of town, but locals right there doing the things that you don't think happen in Dubuque. That's, right. that's, what's really cool. Yeah. I think that's interesting too, because then you also have like beer yoga, you have bands, you have vendors, like other people are doing awesome shit in this town that people might not ever be exposed to. Absolutely. And it, and what even makes it even better is this event is completely free. All you got to do is walk yeah, to walk it down and you get to check things out. You can watch people skate, you know, these kids, these, you know, these adults doing their thing for free. You can yeah. do everything for free, obviously, except for buy food and buy beer. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, it's only free because of the community, because of the sponsors and the support that we're able to get from the right. community, though. Like that's I mean. Yeah, that's on all our all our sponsors and supporters. Like the reason we're able to do it for free and do so much and have yeah. such a great event, it's because of all the support we get. You're right.
So then like, okay, so we just, you just had Blocktoberfest a couple weeks ago. Cause I know, like you used to mention, you know, there's a Oktoberfest and I know you guys have had meetings. Like you guys don't schedule. No. Yeah. We just, try to play We try to put a synergy right. between. So like Dragon Bolt Festival is always a struggle for us because we don't want to fall on the same days, but they always align. So right. like we've like this year we were working on putting a 5k together. Like if you take the right route, it's exactly 3.1 miles right. from camp 17 to the door of back pocket. <laughs> so like we were trying to put together like a 5k or a color run right. and have it start down there. Cause that's a morning event. We're like a late afternoon event. Sure. Um, the things didn't align, but that's something that is on our agenda to do a little bit of research into cool. next year yeah. and see how it works out. But like just with Oktoberfest, you guys yeah. have it on different weekends, yeah. right? Yep. Because you don't want people to be divided about yeah. what do I want to go do today? Yep. You know, 100%. and that's at least your spec about two events. Like, Hey, we both want to do the same, not yeah. the same thing, but we're going to put this big event on. Yeah. We try to get a little friendly competition with them too. Sure. Like I went down and participated in all their events as a representative of Blocktoberfest. The next, the weekend after ours, we invited them up to compete against our um, committee that puts it together in our tug of war. That's awesome. So we try to make sure like there's some yeah. friendly competition, yeah. which, I mean, uh, which yeah, strikes a chord to me. I love that kind of shit. Right. So. Yeah. Because again, it's fun. It's bringing the community together. Like, Oh, I've been there. You know, you can maybe learn things you don't learn. So through now, what was this year? Was this six or seven? No, this year was only four. Four? Yep. Okay. I guess COVID kind of yeah. screwed yeah, a lot so of So we did year up. one was 2018. We did 2019, but 2019, it was rainy all day. Yeah. Um, so it, that was a big disruptor. Um, 2020 was off because of COVID. Yep. We did 2021, which was our first year back. And there was a lot of hesitancy. Like that, I think that was one of the first local events to start doing stuff the way we did pre-COVID. Okay. So there was a little bit of hesitancy. There was a lot of hesitancy on the promoter side, just mm -hmm. making sure, are we doing the right thing? So we played it a little bit lower key, right. um, which honestly was really fun for the BMX aspect of it. For me, the, cr the audience was a little bit smaller, but our rider turnout, because right. no one had competed in a contest. Right, they're all huge. excited to get back out Dude, there and, and just it do was, something. It, the contest wise, it was amazing. Yeah. It was super fun. Yep. And I know I, uh, I came down for a little bit before I had to go to work and it was, it was every, all the areas were thumping. You guys have a kid's section painting. So kids can kind of like do their own kind of like, let's just call it graffiti. Right. Cause yeah, yeah. Like, we have pages of books and something can kind of do their own thing. And yeah, we've it been, was really well. Yeah. So, um, Dubuque has tons of murals, Voices mm -hmm. Productions is yep. responsible for that. So we partner with them to come down and help us out with the kids mural project. So it all ties into a bigger purpose that serves the community, every facet of it. Like there's a way to scale everything we do. Right. So when you come down there and every, every single event that, that that's down there is open to the public. Right. So you could, you could show up and compete in the skateboard BMX contests. You could do the tug of war. You could do the dunk tank. You, you can do it all. It's all open to the public. And then from everything, there's a way to scale it. So if you enjoy that aspect of it, you can integrate it into a part of your life. Right. And it's, it's going to be exciting to see where this goes now because Obviously, COVID kind of screwed a lot of things up in the growth that I think was happening because it was going really big. And like you said earlier, though, too, is year two uh, was raining. It's kind of like a rain or shine. Like you can't yeah. reschedule this thing. It's yeah. not like, oh, I'm going to move everyone next week and no. you just kind of have to go with it because it is in August, right? Yeah. And that, September. September. Sep yeah. yeah. So it is kind of, uh, you know, 70, 30 is yeah. going to be a nice weekend, but it's a great time. I hope everyone keeps coming to it because it's great and it's fun seeing everyone, especially this year, watching everyone doing the skating thing and there was a car there. So everyone's trying to break with the windows with their, with their like, you know, yeah. you know, flips and their jumps or whatever like that. But it was a great yeah. time. So in years past, I've always kind of been on the marketing. I've been the marketing chair. Mm -hmm. This year was a little bit different. Okay. Um, 
So the skate park aspect has always been provided by Hollywood Action Sports, which yeah. is an indoor skate park here in Dubuque. And Hollywood has gone through a little bit of a restructure and I'm a little bit bigger piece of that. So we were able to really like develop some synergy between Hollywood and the festival. Right. And through that restructuring, there's a Hollywood is restructured to be less um, fiscally focused, to be more impact focused. Okay. And so through doing that, like changing from an LLC to a 501c3 and just like taking that focus off of art, how are we going to pay the bills from that and moving to like, all right, how do we improve the experience of the skaters that show up to our kids' session? Right. How do we make sure the kids that are coming on our Friday, Saturday nights are spending more time on their boards, their bikes, their scooters, and they are on their phones? Like, right. what do we do to make sure that our participants are doing the right thing, right. having more fun? And so in, in doing that, and this has carried down to Blocktoberfest as well, like we found, yeah, we don't worry about paying the bills anymore because it's really easy to do. And through the process, we began to lead by example because right. that's what we want our youth to think about. We want our youth not to focus on, all right, how am I going to pay the bills? Like that shouldn't be the first and foremost priority. It should be on that impact. And what are they going to do next? Right. Because if you take the business side of it out, out of the equation, then you can have fun growing yeah. the the thing that you want. I mean, I mean, I guess that's a really good segue to say, like, I don't think, I wonder how many people actually know there's an indoor skate park here in yeah. Dubuque, Iowa. Yeah, so I actually <laughs> didn't even know that was a thing. Like we moved here, uh, six and a half years ago, I think. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not a skater anymore. I don't do anything like that, but like just to know there's an indoor park where someone can go all year round for it. I didn't think I realized that until I started working here in block towards the thing. I'm like, Oh, there's an indoor skate park. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you have recently purchased Hollywood yeah. or not maybe recently. I mean, when yeah. did. So I'll, yeah, I'll use that as a segue into yeah. talking about Hollywood. So Hollywood was started by Casey Hinderman, our founder in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He, you know, he, he's a local kid, grew up in Dubuque here, lived in Colorado for a while, moved back to Dubuque, okay. decided he was going to start a skate park, uh, partnered with a local businessman. I honestly forget his name, but sure. Casey, Fortunately, the skate park did well. Casey bought him out, was the sole owner for it for uh, seven years. Okay. And then just, he has a young son, um, as we all know, who are parents. We got a kid that gets older, takes a little bit more of our time. Right. And my youngest daughter is 12. She's at the age where she doesn't want as much of my time anymore. So I have a little more free time. Sure. And so it just aligned. So there was, we just had a, you know, small transition of the skate park and Casey's skills took it to where it is now. And then I have a different skill set mm-hmm. that probably couldn't have done what Casey did as well as he has done. But I get to, you know, try to take what I've done and take it to the next level. Right. You needed Casey to lay the foundation exactly. of the skate park, exactly. which seemed like he did a great job. Oh, he did a great job. And then now you, now that foundation is laid. Cause it seems like I could be wrong. You couldn't do what you do. If you started a brand new, you needed the foundation that he provided. For you. I never would have done it in the first place. Right. Yeah. Like I, yeah. And, and honestly, like a huge shout out to like our local community, mm-hmm. like that whole, like I'm going to take like two minutes here and sure. just like give a little bit of a history about like that DIY, like skate BMX scene here, because prior to Hollywood, like the big catalyst for Hollywood um, was Casey coming back and coming to, so we used to have this big warehouse show called Voices, an art show Okay. Um, in, so I think it was 2013, might've been 2014, but their theme of it was streets and Gene Tully, Tim McNamara, um, really wanted it to like seem like wanted this really 
hardcore street art demonstration that was like no one had ever seen. So they got a hold of us, a couple of us BMXers and skaters, and our, our having a car in the Blocktoberfest setup this year right. was like an homage to this. Okay, so right on. They had brought cars into the warehouse space and had crushed them in the space. And we're like, yo, like, do you guys want to come ride bikes and grind some stuff and build some stuff mm -hmm. here? So we got to put on like a BMX skate exhibition on not opening night, but the next night, the second night of sure. voices, which was super cool. And Casey happened to be back that weekend. Okay. And knowing that like he was a skater, he had been instrumental in like building previous ramps. Like Mark Paisley had a backyard ramp that he always came and skated. I had ramps in my garage. Um, Jake Roth did the seven layers apply documentary about a mini ramp that they had built in the woods, which is, if you've never seen that documentary, check it out. It's filmed, uh, produced, You'll send me the link edited, and yeah. I'll put in the, the oh, description yeah. of this so people can awesome. check it out. Yeah. Shout out to Jake Roth. Okay. Like, it was in the film festival it's a yeah, great documentary nice um so yeah so casey was home for that voices opening weekend and we invited him to come skate with us and he just saw the support behind the skate bmx scene in in dubuque and i don't think moving back to dubuque was quite on his radar but he sure. saw that and saw the way dubuque had changed since he was a kid and was like all right let's let's do this and That's that awesome. was a big catalyst for hollywood we also at the time too we also had rented a warehouse from tim mcnamara that we had built like a private skate park in like eight of us threw in for rent threw in for utilities threw in for lumber oh, wow. to get it built so yeah that was like that that was a huge thing for us too because without that i don't think ollie would have seemed possible it was just eight of us that had a key and then on thursdays we'd open it up to anyone in the public that wanted to come ride. So we'd, right. we'd grab some beers. This is before Seven Hills, unfortunately. <laughs> but we'd go and we'd buy six packs from Kalmus's break time, sure. take them up to the warehouse. It was right up on 9th Street. And yeah, we'd go ride. And yeah, Thursday night was a night to be down there. It's awesome. Like um, back in the day, like when I was in high school and stuff, a uh, bunch of us were into the, the aggressive inline skating. Yeah, yeah, dude, same and deal. So, we would make our own ramps and pipes and, you know, we'd take our VH shoulder recorders and yep. put, you know, Rage Against Machine, like a CD player in the background. That was our music yep. editing and all this other stuff. And and then we're like, well, why, why doesn't Muscatine have its own skate park? And so I remember like we dropped, drafted up this like proposal. We went, I don't, uh, I forget, it was another group of kids, but like we're kind of like all had the same purpose and they denied it right because yeah. you know they don't want to spend city taxpayer money on this thing because they yeah. thought we were just a bunch of punk ass kids yeah. and stuff but then i think after i graduated in 99 i think within the next five years they actually built a skate park you know uh, a cement you know rideable skate park because then davenport then did too and it's just like it's cool to like know like I was a part of yeah. something that turned into something later. Your down Muscatine the road. Park is still there and it's good. Yeah. I go there at least once a year. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Unique it's, layout. It's cool. So yeah, I mean, like I don't know how much our influence did to it, but it's like, well, we had to have something into it. One hundred percent. So it's funny. So the the first skate park we had in Dubuque, we call OG okay. on a Macaulay's Island. Um, I I cannot remember his name. But it was 1998, 99. Jesus, this like, is a long ago. He, he was a senior at Wallert High School. And Wallert would do like an outcome-based <laughs> educational. Yeah. Where you had, when you were a senior, you had to have like a purpose behind what, how you were going to take school skills and change 
change something in your community. Mm -hmm. And it never had to be tangible. It right. just had to be an idea, idea and you present right. to your advisors and then and you'd pass or fail. Right. And so, but his idea was to have a skate park. So, man, I wish I could remember his name, but yeah, he, he was an inline dude too. Right. And he is the reason we have that skate park. That was awesome. Which is awesome, which is super cool. And that was, that skate park was what introduced a lot of us. Cause we grew up like the, on the BMX side, we grew up riding dirt jumps. It's mm -hmm. really easy to grab a shovel, go to a vacant lot, right. start building jumps. So like the eight of us that had that warehouse, yeah. every one of us started out with a shovel. Um, most of us started out at the chicken trails. <laughs> if you're from Dubuque, you know you what know. the chicken trails are. <laughs> yeah. Chicken trails were where it, at, where it was at. Adam Zelaznik has a throwback shirt about the chicken trails. Jake, <laughs> Jake <laughs> Pollan has smoked out JFK several times down there. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it, it always amazes me. Like I get why people don't like, you know, skateboarders, BMXers and yeah, there's tons in, of stigma. Uh, inline skating is kind of like die down. There are still some people that are still foot booting around and doing their thing, but Basically, skateboarding in line. The new I, guys don't like when you call them fruit booters. No, I learned that the hard way. Yeah, but, yeah. but you know. But Sorry, Aaron. No, I, I was really never the guy that did it. My brother and other people did it. I was more the guy who filmed and kind of yeah. like, I just like, That's I like awesome. hanging out. But um, but I just remember watching like video skate videos back in the day. I'm like, these are, these are fucking great. These are amazing. And I get why some people are against it, right? Yeah. But it's also like, we're doing some of the most harmless things to this community. And you want to bitch about kids who are at least not like doing high end criminal acts and like being negative towards community. We're just doing something that we're all hanging out. You can see us all in public, yeah. you know, like we're not robbing stores. We're not, you know, whatever, pillaging things. We're just putting a little wax on some fucking concrete yep. and skating it, you know? And I think, I, I guess if you're never around it, it's hard to understand, but it's also like it, we're bringing kids together that don't know what else to do with yeah. their lives. You know, like it's a creative outlet that not everyone's a football player. Not everyone's a baseball player. Not everyone's a golfer or a tennis player. Like this is yeah. another sport that is very hard to learn. So, yeah, I think it gets compared to the stick and ball sports. Yeah. And I don't. Which I, I don't have any issues with stick and ball sports. No. I, I, yeah. So like, I think a lot of people think there's this opposition. Right. Like one versus the other. And they are the most beautiful compliments. Mm -hmm. Um, like you take a kid that excels, excels at skateboarding and BMX and who participates in a stick and ball sport, yeah. they're going to be a leader on their team because they know how to be a self-starter. Right. They know they've cultivated the perseverance yeah. to work through the challenges. These are things that stick and ball sports teaches. However, you're there on a team, you have your team to support you, which is a whole other skill that you don't learn at the skateboard. Every right. kid needs to be involved in something that puts the emphasis on them as an individual mm -hmm. to develop that personal responsibility, the ability to be a self-starter, the perseverance. Um, and then every kid needs to be like part of a team. Right. Like, I mean, track and field. Yeah. That's not as much a team Swimming, sport, but, yeah, yeah. but for the but most man, part, football, soccer, especially football, right. baseball, basketball, like yeah. the traditional stick the big sports. Midwest sports exactly. are team sports. Like, I mean, those are, those are all skills that translate to life beyond school. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I, like you said, like, this is an individual thing where you are competing against yourself. Yeah. Learning something like, like, I think it, I think it is always like when you wreck, you wreck, yeah. it hurts. It, it, you're not like, just like, uh, I, I swung and missed. No, you land on your shoulder wrong, your leg wrong. Now I got to get back up and do it again. Yeah. You're learning perseverance and like how to get through yeah. negative moments in your life. I'm like, you know, that's going to be tangible at other things in your life. Like, Absolutely. yes, 
you know, you're going to be 25 years old, maybe have a wrecked body, you know, to a degree. But when you go be a normal business person or normal day to day, you're going to understand like, all right, I got to need to work harder at this. And there's going to be rewards yeah. to my work ethic is what I'm trying to get yeah. at, I guess. Work, I'm, you know? I'm 40. I don't have a wrecked body. I've been riding BMX for 37 years. Right. I've taken plenty of falls, had plenty of injuries. Like if you take care of your body, which sure. I take care of my body so I can continue riding BMX. Right. Absolutely. I think that whole element, and th this is a big reason why I'm still into like BMX the way I am and why I'm such an advocate for it. Like, so there's, there's two ways Hollywood in particular advocates for action sports. One is the youth level. We do lots mm -hmm. of youth programs. Um, we do our skate league, which is like similar to like track and field. Sure. Um, like you're, you know, we do once a week practices. We have monthly contests. There's instructors there. Um, then we do she skates, which is the same thing. That's our girls league. Then they compete. Okay. They compete in a different league. Yeah. Uh, we do, um, BMX Sundays, which is the same thing, not on a skateboard, but on a BMX bike. So like, these are our youth programs to get kids going. Then the ultra beginners, even younger kids, we do a kids session on Saturdays, which has a, some supervision, helping kids out, whether a scooter, BMX bike, skateboard, that's right. every Saturday morning, 10 AM to noon. So we have these things to like get kids off the couch, get them to put their cell phone, smartphone, mm -hmm. video game controller down, whatever it is, get engaged in something that gets their body moving, that gets their creative juices flowing. Right. Um, and gets them to build community, like face to face, have conversations yeah. because what we find at the skate park, when you're sitting on the deck with someone, even if you're not trying the same trick, you're talking about how hard it is and you're giving each other advice. You're building like that camaraderie. Right? Yeah. It's also building self-confidence, right? Cause like when you're young, like, you know, when you're middle school, high school, self-confidence is really yeah. hard to come by, 100%. you know, 100%. and if you are trying to drop in. Like I remember trying to drop in like on a quarter pipe with a person. I'm like, this is some yeah. scary shit. And you got people backing you up. Like, now you know what? You do it. If you fail, you're gonna go back and do it again. Yeah. And, and and they're teaching because, you know, it's it's not like we're competing against each other. No. Like you are just trying to have fun and you want everyone else to have fun around you. You, you learn it like that confidence comes from trust in yourself. Right. Like you recognize how to calculate risks, right? You know that, all right, this is too much for me or, Hey, I'm ready. I know this is scary, but I'm going to push beyond the fear and try it anyway. And however it goes, I'm committing to it. So you learn to trust your own judgment, trust yourself. And those are skills that like moving beyond like being youth mm -hmm. and be moving into the workplace and of like the college high school, like age, like trusting yourself is a huge piece of that. Yeah. So, I mean, moving, like we do the youth programs and then beyond that, like there's this element of like being the weekend warrior. Mm -hmm. That's something that I think think like generation X was great at the millennials aren't as great as it. I'm a millennial. I'm not talking <laughs> shit on anyone here. Um, but yeah, like, so we do skate club on Friday nights. So instead of going to the bar, when you get off work at five, grab a six pack, come to the skate park, split it with your buddies. Right. You know, have like just have a casual session, whether you're on a BMX bike, a skateboard, like whatever, have fun, right. have a good time. Like don't go to the bar and don't do something physical. Like come and have fun because when, when we enter into, when you, when you go to the skate park, like you're putting yourself at risk. And when you enter into that with someone, you develop this crazy tight bond because you both show up knowing the consequences of what you're trying. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't go well, I mean, you, you both know what's at stake. So you end up super vulnerable with the people you're sharing that experience with. Right. So you build these really tight bonds with the people you skate with or ride with. And it, it's been such a gift in my life, like the friend circle I have yeah. to like make my life really fulfilling. Just the, the people I share it with, the people I love because of skating and BMX. It, it's, right. been, it's been awesome. It's awesome. Like, so when did, 
uh, let's kind of talk about like the when and the why. Like, like obviously you said like his alignment, now your alignment. And what has it been like since you purchased Hollywood? Like, you know, like the growth of it, you know, and, and like where is it what you wanted to be so far or is it growing how you want it to be, I guess? So uh, the skate park side of it is is fantastic. It's exactly what I expected. Like it's an indoor skate park. When it's summer, no one's going to come there. We sure. actually have had a great, like we've had great attendance this last summer, which was really surprising. Mm -hmm. And then moving into the winter, like, of course it's great. Like last right. weekend, it was nuts. It was, it was like hard to, hard to control the amount of people coming and going, right. which, which isn't a bad problem. Um, yeah. So it's, it's been good. Like a lot of friendships formed. It's been great. We see a ton of people coming from out of town. So it's fun like coming from the background I have and like, I'm a, I'm a marketing consultant during the day. I have clients around here. So getting to like recommend like what people do that come from out of town. Like yeah. if they come with their family, Hey, try this spot for lunch, go check out the river museum. Like yeah. it's warm, go to the mines of Spain, like go for a hike there, check it out. Like pieces like that. It's fun to like use it as a catalyst for people to explore Dubuque outside the skate park, which I never expected. That's an sure. unexpected thing. And that, it's, I mean, it's been I, super cool. Yeah. I don't think I would ever thought no. like that would be, I something. didn't realize how many people like it became a destination for people sure. that come um timber which is tri-state mountain bike riders which is huge like i didn't expect so many people from timber to seek out an indoor spot to ride in the winter and come like on our on our sunday fun day which is like our, our bike day sure like come and just like work on their skills building stuff that will translate to like better times on the track during the season which happens in the spring so like there's a lot of different elements that utilize the skate park that i totally didn't expect that's been a big surprise um the biggest surprise though so there's a shop when you come in like, okay. and it was a little bit underutilized and I've never had a retail business before. Yeah. So doing the retail thing was wild. Right. Um, yeah. Retail so is always crazy, man. My, I got uh, like Cam and Dalton are the two people I probably lean on the most at the retail location. They're Hollywood employees. They are awesome. They teach lessons. They kick ass. So Dalton worked that black Friday shift with me and I, I, I was like, who the fuck is going to come <laughs> to the skate park to buy shit right. at 9am in the morning? Right. And we had, we had people waiting for us to open because wow, we changed awesome. like our Facebook hours and like, but it the black Friday shoppers were different than our normal clientele. We had to answer a lot of questions that had us looking across the shop at each other. Sure. And, yeah. yeah. Making comments. But yeah, dude, it was, it was fun. It was good educating people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the retail aspect has been crazy. Like every single time I place an order for like, whether it's bikes, scooter stuff, especially, um, skate stuff like is just flying off the shelves. It's I under order because I, I like I go and order. I'm like, there's no way we're gonna sell this. Right. And then I come in a couple days later and all the shit's gone. And so like knowing how easy it is to like default to Amazon or default to like ordering things online, I didn't expect to sell stuff. Um like shoes yeah. included with that. Like shoes are something that like I don't I mean I haven't like when reality check closed, like I quit buying shoes locally because you couldn't, you can't get, there's nowhere that offers the shoes that no, I want to ride bike not. Yeah. And so like, we're filling that void at Hollywood right now, but we don't market that piece of it yet. Like we're working on like skate park attendance. Like we'll do the retail stuff. We'll focus on that like Q2 of 2024. But like right now, like we're not marketing it. And I didn't expect so many people to like still seek out a local shoe source. And I sure. think that's really cool about Dubuque. Like Dubuque has this really close tie and this value they put on local businesses mm -hmm. that not a lot of communities of its size do. It's right. very, very cool. Well, I get that too, right? Because if you're providing this experience, the safe experience, this fun experience, people are willing like, you know what? I'm going to maybe pay 15 or $20 more locally, but 
if I have questions, I can ask them right yeah, now, 100%. right then, and they're gonna be help help yeah. me. Besides just going to Amazon yeah. and buying. Oh, dude, or, we or we match prices though. We're not so like, <laughs> we're a nonprofit. We're not there to make money off the retail stuff. Sure. We just want to make sure the attendees have the stuff to do what they want to do the proper way and the safe way. Right. That's, that, that's honestly like we sell stuff to make it convenient for the city of debut right. and all the kids that skate and ride. BMX. That's awesome. Cause it sucks to order something and wait four or five days. Or if you don't want to order stuff, like have to travel two hours right. out of town to go buy a complete bike or if yeah. you want to try something so that we fill the void. Like our markup on stuff is so like nil. like we just started carrying stance socks and I hope um, ben Hall is our rep and he lives in Chicago. I guarantee he's not listening, but he's super <laughs> pissed at us. Cause we just like, we're, we, they mark up a hundred percent. We mark everything up 20%. So right. all the stance, like socks, underwear, we carry you're, all this you're stuff. You're undercutting yeah, the, what just, everyone else We're does. not trying to make money. We just want to make sure everyone has the right tools right. to be as comfortable, as safe and as possible in the skate and park. That, and that's exact. Uh, I think that's a big thing in this industry, right? Like I, I can't talk about prices of skateboards and bikes. I mean, I know what a fucking bike costs and how to trick that out to like, to be able to do a, you know, aggressive BMX, you know, but. I like how you add aggressive in front. Like you come from the inline. Aggressive, so like like aggressive was, BMX, aggressive skateboard <laughs> right. is awesome. I know I want to adopt that too. Right. It's great. But I like the point of entry, if it calls like, man, I got to spend this much money to just to be able oh, yeah. to do this. But yeah. I mean, I would assume skateboarding is a little less than the, uh, the other. I mean, yeah, dude. So like we do, we do a package. Like if you're a beginner, you yeah. come get a complete board, a helmet and a month of membership. So unlimited use of the park. Um, and it's usually 150 bucks, like until Christmas is only hundred bucks. So I don't know when this is coming. Really? Out, but yeah. So we're, we're, wow. we're, we just want people to get into it. But all, like all that being said, like, so we have shop bikes, shop scooters, mm, shop okay. skateboards, helmets. So someone would come try it dude, out. Anyone could come and try it out. And we actually like any parent that brings a kid, or even if you're a beginner, we encourage you like, yo, sign your kid up for four lessons or do four lessons with us before you make any kind of financial investment. That's awesome. Because we want every kid that comes in to experience at least one hard fall and to experience a couple like wins for them. Right. Like, so we want like, we're not huge on goal setting, but we're big on growth mindset. Right. So we want to, we don't want to attach to an exact outcome, but we want to move in a general direction. So right. a kid comes in like kids on scooters come in, I want to do a backflip and they can barely stand up on a scooter. So we just got to kind of refocus. All right. So what are the steps to a backflip? So then we walk through, all right, we got to balance mm -hmm. on the scooter. We need to push. We need to drop in. We need to know how to jump. We need to know how to manual. We need to know how the, all these pieces to get there. Right. So then we'll step back and like kind of build a plan for that kid to achieve, not their exact goal, but move in the right direction. Right. So in order to get there, you're going to fall. Right. And it's going to hurt. Oh, yeah. And the small and they're not good. They're going to fall hundreds of times before they do a backflip. So if your goal is to backflip and that first fall hurts really bad and you know a backflip is probably a year down the road, like you're going to quit. So we want to be really realistic. We don't want parents to spend money that they don't want to spend on something a kid's going to quit because it does take a unique type, uh, a unique blend of perseverance, toughness and desire to fit in at the skate park and to excel at the skate park. So, um, yeah, we want every kid to have a good fall and we want every kid to have a couple victories. So they know if like the juice is worth the squeeze, right. so to speak. I mean, that's right. Cause like, I mean, if you have a kid, they want to try this thing this year. And then the next thing this year is like, you're oh, just yeah. spending thousands of dollars every year. It's crazy. So they can figure it's out unreal. what they want or don't want to do. And I think that's a good alternative is like, look, you can borrow our gear. Yeah. and see if this is something you want to do yep. 
you know, and I, and, and at the end of the day, you're right. Like you're going to fall more than you're going to succeed. Yeah. And it takes someone, not someone special, but it, it takes learning to understand that in life, just even well, life a, in general, you that, know, that's life though. Like you fail right. in life more than you succeed. Right. And you like, when you find your way, like, I hope that everyone that finds their way in life finds is moving in the direction they want to do, or they want to move it in mm-hmm. and they're motivated by not achieving the goal, but the feeling they get on the journey. Right. And so that's what we're trying I to put instill all this in work kids. In. Exactly. And it shouldn't be about like, oh, I'm not at my goal yet. I'm mm-hmm. going to work until my fingers are bloody. Like you should enjoy the journey and you should enjoy the feeling that comes from the small steps. Right. And that's what makes like the pain and the failures bearable and not even bearable. You, like you enjoy them because every time you fail, you learn. Right. And that that's like the growth mindset aspect of what we do at Hollywood is like, like we, we don't, we don't speak in terms like I can't do that yet. It's like, I can't do that yet. Because when are you going to do exactly. it? Exactly. So, okay. So then let's, I think it's good to segue kind of, not segue, but like additional speaking of is this is kind of more like a one-on-one kind of an adventure, right? Cause it's like you doing this thing. Yeah, You're not, you don't have teammates helping you do the spin, but in theory you have other people doing the same thing, cheering you on. Cause if you don't, if you wanted to try skateboarding or BMX or scooter, but you're afraid what people are going to think about you, like yeah. right, how how is that aspect of like getting other people to respect you and like you know just encourage you? Dude? So it's one of the hardest. So like, there's two elements at play. So one is like the optics, like what do people think of me? What if I fail? So mm-hmm. that's like. Like once you, once you understand the elements at the play, like there's no judgment at the skate park. Right. Like it doesn't matter who's there. Like it doesn't matter what's going on. Like it's, it's the most like accepting place you like I've ever been to in my sure. life because, because, because the, the demographic that enjoys it is so small and it's so like niche. Like we're just psyched to have more people to skate and ride. Right. More the merrier. Yeah. Um, so like one is like that element of it and two so so many kids that we get and so our programs are relatively new like everything is within this past year but it's really hard to get kids to break away from that idea that if i didn't win i failed right because when we go into like especially our youth programs like kids want to be the best and that's not the goal of skateboarding that's not the goal of bmx it's to like it's to be better than you were last time Mm -hmm. like it's about that progression right and then if you take away like using other people as a gauge and focus on that progression like it's limitless it's endless and you don't get discouraged your only goal is to beat yourself last Mm -hmm. time so when we have the youth programs like we get kids that like get really discouraged because they see someone that's been doing it for five ten even like you you have you have two like our bmx lessons on sundays are a perfect example we have this kid jackson who's awesome he's been riding for a while he comes from a family that rides and he rides like he's he's gifted he rides his bike really really well we have other kids that are just beginning they compare themselves to jackson and they're both 11 and they can't do what jackson can do so they feel like they're failing sure and it's a great catalyst for the conversation about about like not setting that goal as being like the best, like let's be better than we were last time. Right. And let's keep growing and starting to build that habit of progression versus that habit that's oriented to like that specific goal of being the best because outside the skate park. And once these kids, like most of these kids are going to outgrow BMX. Like I'm 40, I ride BMX. I'm in the very minority. They're realistically old, like over 35. I think there's five or six of us that still ride BMX right. in Dubuque. And there were, 
there were dozens, a hundred of us when we were younger that would come ride the trails right. every weekend. So, but like once these kids outgrow BMX, the skills that they harnessed on their BMX bike, the skills that they harness on their skateboard, like carry through. So that's where we focus on that perseverance, that progression and being better than you were before. Like, it's almost like teaching, we teach kids how to learn versus teaching them how to achieve their goal. Right. Because that goal is always, awesome. that goal post is always going to change. Right. So when we teach them how to learn and how to achieve a goal, then we shift what they're doing to like, I mean, it becomes limitless. They can achieve whatever they want. They just apply the recipe for themselves that they built up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think this happens a lot of sports, right? Like not everyone's going to be an NFL player or MLB player, but in college and high school, you're trying to yeah. teach people to be just better at understanding, like working with other people and under or overcoming obstacles that you never thought you were going to have to. And in this world, there, and I get it, right? There is there is a scary part of it. I am going to physically injure myself, break something, dislocate something, do this, do that. Like, at the end of the yeah. day, if you do it for five years, something's going to happen to you. Yeah, which most people do regardless of whether they skate or ride BMX or not. Right, like, exactly. Know, everyone breaks bones. Right. I mean, I would, I would rather... I would rather hurt myself at the skate park versus crossing the street, <laughs> right. you know, which happens all the time. Right. Um, exactly. I, mean, I remember that. being young and listening to a podcast and it was, it wasn't a podcast. It was like talk radio, you know, but sure. it was before yeah. podcasts. Um, but there was, I, I don't remember the specifics, but I just remember an interviewer asking Dave Mira. Um, man, that guy was a legend. Dude, he was a legend. RIP. Yeah. RIP. Everyone wear, wear your helmets, protect your brain. Yeah. Um, so asking him like, so what is it? Do you have a death wish? Like, why are you doing these risky things? And his response was, no, I don't have a, de I have a desire to live. Mm -hmm. Like the things I feel on my bike when I find the limits are, are me living fully. Like right. there's like as human beings on this planet, we are designed to feel this tapestry of emotions right. that all of us, no matter what we're into, like we can't comprehend unless we like go beyond our comfort zone and dig in and try to do it. So, I mean, that's, that's what we offer. That's what I'm trying to do on my bike. When I go riding. Yep. that's what, that's what we try to do when we have a cocktail, we yep. feel things that like, don't, that we don't automatically feel when we get out of bed in the morning. Yep. And the more we start to expand our palate for those emotions and feel that adrenaline rush or feel that little bit of buzz from alcohol, <laughs> when we get up the next day, the more we're going to feel more of it. And the more, you know, it's going to, push us in a direction of expanding our perspective, expanding the life. It's that a we great live. euphoric feeling. Like just feel like, yeah, it took me 33 tries to get this one trick oh, down. Yeah. But when you get that down, you don't fucking remember Dude. the 32 other yeah. tries. It's just like, I fucking got it. Dude, it's the craziest. So muscle memory is the most amazing thing. Cause mm -hmm. I've tried tricks hundreds of times in a row and not done them once, mm -hmm. but you do it one time Ugh. and suddenly it all goes away. Like, but suddenly you do it most of the time after that. Mm -hmm. And whether it's, whether it's the confidence you, whether it's that whole like epigenetic belief, sure. like you believe you can do it. So it happens mm -hmm. like, which is a mind fuck for me. Right, I, yeah. I will OD on that shit right. like all day long. Like I love it. Joe Dispenza, Bruce Lipton, like my jam. Like I love that kind of like, like the power of the mind stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like you, you achieve it. And then you can do it. So whether it's the muscle memory, whether it's the belief in yourself, but it's just, it's fascinating. It's, it, it is insane. It is. It is insane. Like, like I said, I was, I did the aggressive line. I wasn't more into it as my friends, but I'm like, oh, I did that. And then it just, it's the, it's the building box of confidence, right? Yeah. Because like, if you can learn that, I think, I think a lot of kids, younger kids, um, 
struggle with confidence, yeah, right? Because sure. we're all kids. Te- we've all been there, teenagers. You know, you make fun of people or you just don't feel you're as good as other people. But if you can build these little confidence blocks, it will help you longer in life. Even though you might not skate anymore because, you know, maybe you took a couple too many falls you should have, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I can barely walk. Not really. But you know what I'm saying? Like the confidence level, like you have that ability, you can do anything you want. Yeah, so you know? like... When you were a kid, when you used to, when you used to rollerblade and you went from, you had a home skate park mm-hmm. that you skated all the time. Remember, oh, like, no, no. We built our own yeah, ramps. So yeah, you guys yeah. built your own ramps and yeah. you get like tricks dialed in yeah. on your own ramp. And then suddenly like you take a trip with friends or with a friend's parents or whatever, and you go and you get to skate somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you have like this whole like book of tools, these tricks, right. and you get to try them somewhere else with new people. And it's like, it's like being an artist and you have your medium that you've mastered, but you have a whole new canvas. Right. Absolutely. And it's, it's dude, it's the most amazing thing. And it's the greatest creative outlet because you've cultivated the skills and you've kind of broken through like the danger and the fear. Cause you have that confidence you've built like, like the muscle memory that you need to achieve these things, but you, you have this place to like try these tricks. So when we watch the X games from home, right. like every trick that's being done, it's no one's first time. No. Like everyone has these tricks dialed right. in. Like even in the, it, the BMX skateboarding is all in the Olympics now. Like they have these tricks dialed in. Mm-hmm. Like just like us writing our name on a piece of paper. Yeah. And so, but they just get to apply it to that course and they have to be as creative as possible mm-hmm. to do it in the style that they want it. Yeah. It's, it's also like when uh, Tony Dick, Tony Hawk did the first, was it 900? Yeah, first 900. Like, like in theory, the competition was over. Oh, yeah. But everyone was so excited that he was willing to keep doing it. Hell, yeah. On live TV. Yeah. Like, like, who gives a fuck? Let's yeah. just let's keep watching this person Dude, that, do this one thing that over and over again. That was such a quintessential moment, and that really defined extreme sports. I, absolutely. And it's not about the, it's not so much about the 900, but it's the fact that, the rules and like, all right, we're cutting to commercial. All right, this show's over. It wasn't because of what he was mm-hmm. trying. And like, that's what it's like. Like when you try, like yeah. everything drifts away. Like BMX for me has been a stress relief, like skateboarding for so many people. Yeah. It's a stress relief because the focus it require the focus that it requires, like you, like everything drifts away. Right. It's, it's a form of super consciousness or meditation yeah. or Absolutely. however you want to, however you want to describe it. Like you're not worried about the deadlines at work. You're not worried about like what's going on at home. Right. Like it all drifts away because you have to focus 100% of your energy. Right. You can't be 30, 50 or yeah. oh, I can't even so, do math right, but you know. Yeah, you're fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it didn't matter like what commercial, who paid for the ads that right. were on the next commercial. Like at that point during that TV broadcast, like mm-hmm. it stayed on air because Tony Hawk was trying something that had never been done before. And right. it became this defining moment for so many people. It made Tony Hawk a household name. Like, and it, it, it was very cool because rarely is like mainstream media do they give skateboarding bmx not the respect that it deserves but give it the respect that it deserves in the way right. that it treats itself yeah absolutely so let's okay so if there's a parent out there that's like hesitant about their kid doing this because you know i mean this isn't just a male thing it is a female thing right there are some yeah we so when we're selling complete skateboards right now um bikes we sell 50 50 boys girls like for every boy that buys a bike we sell a bike to a girl that's awesome skateboards so our complete boards for every three girls that buy a skateboard we sell one to a boy Wow. Like our she skates. So like Tuesday nights we do she skates only girls in the skate park, only girls on our like 1.0 skate park yeah. on Tuesday nights. And we do from five 30 to seven 
when parents are interested and maybe signing their kids up or their kids are really pushing to sign up, but their parents are hesitant, what do you do to help parents like understand the situation? Yeah. So as parents, like we all value the safety and health of our kids. Um, And I mean, this, this will be a segue into a bigger conversation perhaps, but yeah, we value the safety and health of our kids. And so like, it's really easy to overprotect our kids and not expose them to risks and things that could hurt them. But eventually that kid's going to want to spread their wings and outgrow the umbrella that we've kept them under. Mm -hmm. And a great way in my opinion and in my experience with my kids is to teach them how to calculate risk at the skate park. Like from the age of like, so my youngest daughter Via started riding a BMX bike when she was one, she had her first race when she was two. Like she was very aware of the consequences of like taking uncalculated risks. Right. And so as she grows older, like, I mean, I feel, I feel very confident in her. Like, so she's 12. She will have her permit in two years. I have no (laughs) worries about her driving. Like she's going to have her work in school permit at 14 and we have a car that will give her that's a shitty old car right. but like and like the way like at at the skate park she knows to be observant of other riders other drivers you know all the things you worry about as a parent for your kid like she's cultivated those skills at the skate park so i mean that's that's one of the ways that i really feel like it it can benefit a kid and that's one of the ways that the instructors and myself communicate from Hollywood to the other parents. Like, Hey, yeah, like you have concerns. We have those same concerns about their kid, your kid when they're here. And we're not just teaching them to be safe at the skate park. Mm-hmm. We teaching, we're teaching them to be skate safe at the skate park and beyond. We're cultivating right. those skills and building those habits that will be lifelong. I guess it wouldn't be too much different. Like, let's say, you got your kid in a football at like third grade playing flag football so yeah. they can learn basic skill sets. And then when they got to tackle, it's a little bit safer. But 100%. then again, it's like, well, my kid didn't want to play football until 10th grade. Well, it's a lot different because their, their skill sets yeah. are different because they've yeah. been around it. Yeah, it's it's similar. Um like it's similar to your analogy about flag football, you know, young kids learning flag right. football are more prepared for tackle football as they get older. It's similar, but like at the park, you're never too young. Like right. I have, so I agree. I'm 39 years old. I have friends that I went to high school with that skated when we were teenagers that quit and just started again. Mm-hmm. And they're seeing the health benefits, one, the health benefits two, the mental, like the mental health aspect of it, because you learn to find your the edge of your comfort zone and you learn how to go just beyond it. Right. You learn, you, you keep pushing the limit. You don't, yeah, but you don't like recklessly push the limit. Right. Like you, what you want to do is find the edge and walk it. Right. And that's where skateboarding BMX is the most fun. And honestly, in my opinion, that's where life's the most fun. Right. Absolutely. Like when we play by the rules, it's great. It's comfortable. It's wonderful. But to make a great beer, to make a great cocktail, like, you didn't win all those cocktail championships by playing by the rules. I don't know You've, what fucking rules are. I just exactly. go with it. <laughs> you found that edge right. and you walked it. So like to learn how to do that at a young age and then apply it to everything you do is a recipe for a great life. And I definitely like, obviously, like you said earlier, like as parents, you're concerned, right? You don't want your kid to like hurt, be hurt yeah. and like experience pain, but you have to let them do the same thing. But it's also like, I mean, they start, they want to come and learn how to skateboard BMX at a later age, come to a place like Hollywood where you have professionals like, look, we're going to do 
the most we can to keep that as minimal as possible. Yep. But also understand, like, it's going to fucking happen. Like, yeah. they're going to try some trick that they're like, I think I can do this. Yeah, so okay. if, a kid, if a kid wants to skate, they're going to skate, whether right. it's a skate park or not. If you're at the skate park, you're there with other kids that, that have been hurt, how to handle it. A lot of the staff is CPR certified. Yeah. We're working toward having all the staff first aid and certif- awesome. CPR certified, So yeah. which we will have within the next couple months. Okay. Um, like We're working on an OAS, Hollywood Action Sports certification for all our instructors and all our teachers. So that's something that's in the very near future. So, I mean, you'll be in good hands to handle taking those risks and if things go the way that they shouldn't mm-hmm. you'll be in the right hands to have the best possible experience you can right because the hard thing about an injury whether it's at the skate park or the football field or crossing the fucking street is the trauma it can lead to and i don't mean the physical trauma but the mental trauma right like so many times you so i will like my grandma, I love my grandma. <laughs> uh, my grandma passed away a couple of years ago. Like she was amazing, the most kind-hearted person in the world. She broke her toe once walking barefoot through the garage, and she would get so pissed at me when I'd walk barefoot <laughs> anywhere but inside the house because <laughs> right. it was dangerous. And it's not dangerous; it's right. healthy. You're grounding, but it happened to her at yeah, one time. Exactly. And, right. So like she had some like there was some emotional trauma from that, and she cast that upon everyone around her. So we often do that with those injuries. If you're injured at the skate at Hollywood, like you're around peers that know how to handle injury from an emotional standpoint and from a physical like safety standpoint, like yeah. uh, injuries hurt. We do. The worst part about an injury isn't the pain. We all get through that. It's knowing that, you know, I mean, you, you break a limb, you're four, four, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks off your bike, off your skateboard. Like that's the hard part. Right. Like you'll get through this pain a week max and then beyond that. Yeah, it's definitely the, the hardest part is the mental challenge of like the recovery set aspect yeah. of things. So like, do I want to do this again? Because I know if I do this and fuck up one more time, yeah. I'm going to be out six more months yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And and I, I, I again, I think it goes back to like the, the mental preparation of just life itself. Like, look, yeah. if I put myself out there exactly. and I get denied, yeah. what will happen the next time I put myself out there? Yeah. You know? and, but within that is like learning to calculate the risk. Right. So like knowing, all right, so if I'm going to try, if I'm going to try like a bigger trick where the consequences of injury are higher and the injury could be severe and I don't want to encounter that, then I'm not going to try that. Then you can scale it back down and you learn how to calculate that and apply to your comfort level. Right. You're still finding that like that boundary and pushing that edge. But you're doing it in a way that you are comfortable with. Right. And I think that's a huge lesson that we have at the skate park. And that applies beyond the skate park as well. Yeah. And simply, I think that's the side that people don't see. All they see is a bunch of degenerates. Yeah, it looks really reckless. Around, tons of doing this, yeah. doing that, you know, and stuff like that. But it's also, like, like I said earlier in this podcast, it's like they could be doing worse things. All they're doing is being a group of people skating around biking around like even outside because like like you said indoor skate park is more for training and maybe winter months but like yeah. during the summer you're gonna go out and enjoy the fucking the weather the yeah. the whatever you're gonna do what you want to it's like and it's always like stereotypical like oh they're just punks no we're not punks we're just having fun yeah i mean i think that that stigma like fortunately is dying um, yeah I, I agree it really is I agree. but what's replacing the stigma is a very real danger and risk of a very sedimentary lifestyle mm-hmm. that 
is that smartphones, that video games, that right. TV and the like binge watching of Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, right. like all, all that garbage. Like it's very easy. I hit my wire again. It's very easy to um, fall under the trap of that. And so like, yeah, um, like there's that stigma and that negativity like around skateboarding and things. Right. And that was the concern for a while there. I think like the bigger concern is like, what's the cost of, all right, I want my son to be safe. So here's an Xbox, here's Fortnite. Right. Um, You're and just that, and force that's what feeding they do. these like safe things. Exactly. Like it's so easy to pacify our kids with a cell phone. Right. Yeah. That becomes their default for the rush of oxytocin right. that they should get. Or just from, like, doing like a little ollie flip or doing yeah. a kick flip or whatever. I get I don't know skateboarding terms. Yeah. I'm just trying to like pretend like I do. But yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah. Like it's like this is go out and experience life because once you're our age, you look back like man, I could have done all this shit. Yeah. I could I could have tried oh, it and been I'm, easier. I'm gonna be the first to challenge you on that. Like we're similar ages. Yeah, dude, you're never too old. I, I I'm, agree. So I'm I'm I will be 40 in March, and I. There's a lot of things on my bicycle I do better now than I've ever done in my right. life. Like there's things there's things I could do on my bike tomorrow that I couldn't have done last year and I definitely couldn't have done five years ago and I wouldn't sure. even thought about ten years ago. And I guess that's just, going to continue. And yeah. so like like that whole like aspect of like looking back and this is this is really like personally my passion when it comes to like yeah. the BMX skate thing is like, it's such an, and this applies to stick and ball sports to everything. Like it's such a, everything is so accessible to us now today. Like we can do anything we want. Like we have like the ways to like, like biohack our physicality. Right. And way, like we know what to eat and how to exercise and how to move our bodies to maintain this like longevity. So let's do it and let's, like let's find the limits of our bodies yeah no i get that i guess i guess the older i get we're like oh, do yeah. i really want to break my arm I, right uh, now you know like I, right? like I feel that moment coming closer and right. closer i yeah. haven't quite hit it yet yeah like yeah. i i uh i've always i hockey was my thing i love playing hockey and that is the thing i want to do and now i have back to nine five job there's supposedly like a nighttime hockey league and i'm like oh, do i want to go do that again but it's also like Hockey is gnarly. You know, do Hockey I really want to get gnarly. hit? You know, like yeah. I'm, a, I'm a crinkle kind of guy. You know, yep. and I, I totally agree with you. We're never too old to learn something new because we can still go skateboard. We can still go do like a medium half pipe. We don't need to go fucking do 720s. We can still go do like grind the rail a little bit, or maybe go do a little ollie flip or what, whatever, whatever it is. Right? Yeah. We can still go do that because it's fun and not expose ourselves to these bigger possible injuries, but still go half one yeah. learning something that's new. Cause like I said, you're right. When we did the rollerblading things and all that stuff, I, that was the best shape of my life I've ever been. Yes. I know when you're 17, you're that's yeah. the best shape of your life, but I was still doing things I knew yeah. was beneficial to my body at that point. If I do those today, it will benefit me more yeah. than ever. Just scale back the uh, yeah. the risk, I yeah. guess, you know? Well, yeah. well, as we get older, we learn how to calculate risk. Right. We learn, all right, is this worth it? All right. And when we're younger, like that glory of achieving that goal sometimes overwhelms a lot of the 
huge risks. All right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Your mindset is, I just want to learn this fucking trick. I don't care yeah. what it takes. Now you're four. You're like, eh, if I can't do it one yeah. time, do I want to do it ever again? Yeah. You know? yeah. But I mean, that's, that's what life is because, because, you know, we just don't recover as fast. 100%. I, one of my favorite movies is uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. Ever oh, watched yeah. that? I actually haven't seen no, it. Oh my God. I know. It's on like my list Dude. on Netflix and it's been on there for years. It's so good. And I so, have it. Yeah. So they go back as they're like, you know, 40 year old selves back to when they were like, you know, 18 or like, <laughs> oh my God. They realize. You don't, and you they don't realize what you bodies. have energy and like all oh, these like yeah. all these endorphins that you do. You yeah. just gradually lose it. But when you go back twenty years to it, things like you feel it instantaneously. Like, it's like, it's like you like, do conquer the world, you know. Yeah. And I would love to know what my twenty year old self felt like back <laughs> back. You know, like. Ugh. But hey, man, I appreciate you being on here. I think if you want to learn more about Hollywood. Reach out. How, how about this? You plug whatever you want to do. Like, tell people how you want to Um, Yo, so, yeah. So, Hollywood Action Sports, we have lessons. We have programs for kids, adults. You can come as a spectator. Come hang out. Um, visit us at HollywoodActionSports.com. Hit up our phone number. You can call it. You can text it or swing by the park anytime. It's at 3125 Cedar Crest Ridge Ro- Road. Oh, You're yeah. right across from like golf university or like yeah, back backside. U-golf. U-golf, yeah. U-golf. Take a, take a right or left at U-golf. <laughs> We're right there. You won't miss us. Yeah. I I think it might be a kind of, uh, like for a parent to go there with a kid and like just like see. Because I think this is one of those things too. Like when parents like visually see other kids doing this and like, oh, that kid can do it. Yeah. Why can't my kid do it? You know, like I think sometimes it's more like a yeah. a visual so, confirmation. Um, so we do, so Sundays, we call it Sunday fun day. It's a very bike oriented day. Um, you get a discount if you show up on a bike, we do bicycle lessons, 10 AM to 1 PM. We teach kids to ride on two wheels. We teach adults how to jump. Like if you're a mountain biker, you want to learn how to jump, navigate your mountain bike trails better. Like we'll teach you how to do it properly, safely. Um, yeah, so that's Sunday fun day. So Sunday fun day is interesting because there's a lot of parents that want to get their kids into BMX because they ride mountain bikes and they want to ride mountain bikes with their kids. So we teach them the fundamentals to make that happen. However, a lot of parents are overly confident when they don't have a bike with them and they're like, Oh, little Timmy, you can do that. So if you come as a parent, we ask that you bring your bike too. Sure. Because we really want parents and this parents to do things with their kids and not for their kids. Absolutely. And I think that's really, really key. Um, so this is something you can share with your kids. Like even if you're a beginner, you haven't been on a bike in years, you haven't been on a skateboard in years, mm-hmm. come learn it with your kid. Right. Like, so you guys are going to bond deeper over the consequences at hand. You're going to bond deeper over the victories that you're both going to experience. Like you're going to, you are going to have a deeper bond as a parent with your kid. Like whether you're a mother whether you're a mother, whether you're a father, whether you're a daughter, whether you're a son, like whatever, exactly. Like we do it all and we see it all at the skate park. That's Um, that's a great thing. It's like, like, look, I haven't done this for 20 years, but I think I know what I'm doing, but you know what, let's go do this together and like, see if I still got it in me, but we're going to do it together. Yeah. We have, we have a kid, uh, a family that comes up every Sunday from Davenport because there isn't like programs down there, but there's a kid Thatcher Thatcher's 12 years old. His dad started bringing him two months ago. Um, and like after two weeks, he went out and bought a bike 
And so this last Sunday, so he's, his dad has been up to, I think five of our Sunday fun days on a bike as a rider. And he participates in lessons. We go through the fundamentals, teach him the building blocks. So he can mm -hmm. be safe out there and he can have fun. And this Sunday we're kind of hanging out after like the lessons are over. It's a right. normal session. And he's like, I think this might be the most fun I've ever had with That's my awesome. kid. And it, it's not like. Right, absolutely, yeah, right? Because they're sponges, kids are sponges. Exactly, but like where Thatcher would go in like 180 or 360 something and just for her, his dad to get his wheels off. <laughs> right. Like his dad is ready to go celebrate after the wheels. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Doesn't do some huge trick and he's just like, but like, I mean, that's, that's indicative of what's. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I just remember those victories when you're, when I was younger, like, oh, I can do this one thing now. Phone again. Oh, it's back. It's back. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's great. I think people should come check you guys out. And, you know, obviously I think uh, where can, if they want to have a question or they have a concern, how can they reach you? Yeah. Um, search us on Google. Yeah. Call us at 563-543-6934. Uh, email us at hollywoodactionsports.gmail.com. Okay. HollywoodActionSports.com is our website. Hit us up in there you can. You can book lessons. You can book private parties. Um, you can sign up for any of our programs on our website. Yeah. Just ask questions. Just, like, learn. Because at the end of the day, like, look, if you're not comfortable, just learn more about it. Come Maybe come see a Sunday Monday. Just look and observe. Because what's that going to hurt? Nothing. And you might understand where everyone's coming from. And, you know, I... I'm a sports guy. I love football. I, I, football is great, but this is just something completely different than that. And it's just different than everyone else is. But I appreciate you having or having you coming on today. I appreciate you and cheers and go check out Hollywoods and have a great day. That was great.